What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Today, I'm talking to a man who went from humble gardener. Epic gardening existed, but it was really just a hobby. To owner of an eight and soon to be nine figure business. He built Epic Gardening from a blog about hydroponics to the $59 million that it's valued at today in just a few years. We were selling out quite a bit of trays in like minutes. I think it's amazing how he's built such a huge commercial enterprise out of something he's so deeply passionate about. Today, Jacques and I are gonna show you how to make your first compost pile. We talk about what he loves about gardening, surviving for 30 days off of the food that he grew. Here we are, day one of the Apocalypse Grow Challenge. And we test his gardening trivia today. Is tomato a fruit or vegetable? Welcome to Kevin Espiritu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. We have today Kevin Espiritu. Hello. Kevin, tell us who you are. I'm but a humble gardener. (laughs) But a humble man who grows potatoes. No, I'm uh, founder of Epic Gardening. So I started a gardening channel in 2013 on YouTube. And then over the years, and whether I was focusing on it full time or, or not, and now now obviously I am, it, it's kind of grown to be a, a big old thing, a, a full fledged business. Well, this is uh, my first question is as a roundabout way of coming back to me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is one, you're, you're great on camera. Like Thanks, I was, man. I was watching your stuff. You are. You remind me of a television personality in the sense that you're not the YouTube like what I just did. What's up, everybody? Like, yeah. welcome. like you've got you've got the vibe. I like how you poke up out of some oh, foliage right, right. to That's start like every the meme that we do. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's weird is if you look, we, we were just going back through all of our videos. Yeah. And my editor was finding my eras. He was calling it, uh-huh. and I have the the classic YouTuber era. Where yeah. It's like, what's up, guys? Kevin from Epic Gardening. Here, I remember you know? that as well. I had an era where I wore green Ray Bans the whole video, no matter what, because <laughs> I thought like that was my brand That's and like, that was my thing. Yeah, and <laughs> clear, like you're obfuscating your eyes makes no sense. I have a black shirt. You have yeah. green Ray Bans. Yeah, everyone's got their thing. Yeah. So then I did shoot a uh, show, a TV, like a proper TV show. Ah. So I learned a little bit of that. And then I did improv comedy. So it's like some weird hybrid of all those, those things. That's fascinating. Because there's, I was going to say, there's one critical thing that you left out, mm-hmm. which is, did anyone ever coach you or help you? I've learned or- from a few <laughs> folks in the, in the world. No, the weird story is I met you guys on Reddit. Yeah. A long, long time ago. And at this was a time I was doing, Epic Gardening existed, but it was really just a hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't think... This was hydroponics back in the day. It was a hydroponic blog, and most of the YouTube videos were hydroponic gardening experiments because I just didn't have space, and that's mm-hmm. how you grow if you don't have space. But I was doing, I think at the time, a startup with a friend. We had raised a little bit of money, and the idea was, and I don't know why we built it this way, but the, the idea I think is still good. Tell, tell me what you think. It was like, if you're dating someone, you can sort of give the app what they like to do, what music they like, and it would sort of spit back like, well, hey, your girlfriend likes Blink-182. There's a band that's really close to Blink-182 sound that's playing like around her birthday. Mm-hmm. You should go get those tickets. And so when I met you guys, that's what I was working on. Mm. And then I, I came down and this. met you guys in Brazil. Yes, yeah. that was, uh, so yeah, we met, and I remember having phone conversations with you and talking mm-hmm. with you a little bit about girls or whatever it was that we were talking about at the yeah. time, which is amazing. But you are, I, at the time, you were already doing Toastmasters. You were yes. very, 
I don't know. You had you had a vibe that I see still come through on the videos, and I actually wanted to ask because you mentioned what the TV difference, the YouTube difference, what has contributed to you, you being as good as you are on camera? Man, I don't know that I see myself as that good on camera. I'll tell you what but. I see. It's it's not that you're um, Andrew Tate captivating. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. watching. It's that you have an effortless feeling of reality and authenticity and it works i think it's sincere and it, it i don't know it makes gardening feel approachable and friendly and i'll take it yeah no. you're knowledgeable without being uh what i've always yeah what i've always tried to do even back when i was like blogging about gardening <laughs> is just talk like a normal human being because mm -hmm. when i was trying to learn it it was like a university pdf and you know just botanical terms you don't how do you know this yeah, if yeah. you're trying to grow some plants you're just sort of put off by it but yeah, I mean, I think it's some amalgamation of, of those things. Like with Toastmasters, which is a public speech club, mm -hmm. you learn the tactics of speaking in public. And like you'll give a speech and then someone will come and say right after you, there's the evaluation, mm -hmm. which is a speech of its own, but they'll evaluate what you did. And they'll say, you tend to say, you know, at the end of every sentence and they'll count them. They'll say in this two minute speech, you had 15, you knows, you had 17 ums. Now having zero, I think is probably makes you feel robotic. But really, like, honing your your mistakes mm -hmm. makes you a smoother speaker. So I think that helped. Improv helped a lot. You've done improv. Yeah. Yeah. Improv, you, to me, helped a lot. Do you still review your footage for how to be better, or are you past that phase? Yes, I do. Interesting. Yeah. Well, most I mean, sometimes, but most of it is in the mind as I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. So if you look at our clips that are unedited, you'll see me, like, if I'm popping up, right? You'll see me pop up, and I go, no, that wasn't quite right, and I'll pop down, pop up, and I'll literally be like <laughs> 10 in a row. Hello. Because to, the, the, to me, it's like there's the information you're trying to convey, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's the way it's said, and then there's sort of like this, the, the flow of it all, which is kind of esoteric, I guess. It's just, just the way of speaking, mm -hmm. and I'm particular about that, and so I'll, I'll go and redo it a couple times. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I've gotten away from that. And it shows, I've watched some of the podcasts versus some of the videos I used to do. I was like, damn, mm -hmm. I used to be good. <laughs> I, I, I could go with no M's or U's. On the podcast, I'm like touching my face. I'm yeah, running, yeah. Just, just bad. I got my knee up. But when you go long form, it's, part of that's what's, what makes it so real anyways. Yeah. Is you're putting your knee up or whatever, <laughs> right? It doesn't matter as much. Correct. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was uh, watching through your channel in preparation to see you because I haven't seen you in a bit. And mm -hmm. you did a... 30-day survival off of your own garden mm -hmm. in like an urban area of San Diego, yeah. which is a confined garden. This was a small garden. So yeah, yeah. I, I watched it, and for those people who have seen, it felt like The Martian with you yeah. mapping out your calories yeah. and how much yeah. you were going to get. So yeah, talk a little about that. Yeah, so the idea there, that was 2019. So that was sort of before, Epic was doing well as a, like sort of a solopreneur style business at that point in time, um, but it, it was just sort of a YouTuber's business, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know, I want to try a type of content I hadn't tried before. Mm -hmm. Everything I had ever done is how do you grow lettuce? How do you grow tomatoes? Why is your compost not heating yeah. up? Like so, sort of just question answer, probably because I came from SEO and blogging and that's how you do that. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, what if I just try this? Because if I can do it, anyone watching it should have the confidence that they can grow, you know, something very basic at their own home. Mm -hmm. And so the idea, and this is when I was at a, um, I was living in Hillcrest, which is like a little north of, of downtown San Diego this small front yard garden. It's like 15 feet by maybe 30 feet, which is for sure not enough to live off of for a month, for sure. And I was like, well, what could I do realistically? So I gave myself 90 day lead time because I had to grow something to actually do this. 
And I was like, okay, well, I'm, a, I'm this tall. I weigh this much. This is how many calories you need. Is it even possible for me to grow that many calories? And it barely was. I had a little extra space I used at a friend's house. And I was like, okay, well, if it is, then what do I grow? And the only answer in 90 days is potatoes. Yeah. So that's, where you get the, that's where you get the Martian. And fortunately, potatoes don't require a lot of nutrients, don't require a lot of, of resources to grow. And they're sort of effortless. Like once you plant them, they just sort of do it. So I was like, okay, I think I can do this. So I, I grew mostly potatoes, but I set myself up this rule of I can fish if I want to. But I didn't really know how to fish that well. Well, I saw this. You like went to tiny little. Oh, yeah. It got crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I did learn how to like surf fish, but that wasn't as reliable. It takes a lot of time to do. And so fortunately, when I did the challenge was June. In the full moon from like March to June in San Diego or in California on the coast, mm -hmm. there's these little fish called grunions, and they're a fish that spawns on the beach. So it was like they just delivered themselves to you. Wait, they're like, explain that to me because I yeah. don't understand yeah, yeah. where food comes from. They're not just flopping around on the beach. That's they're exactly what they're doing. Yeah, no. that's exactly what they're doing. It's crazy. So it's it's one of the most wild. If you didn't live in Cali and grow up this way, which which I did, and being half Asian, like the only other people out there on the beach <laughs> are, are my Filipinos, you know, they're out there scooping buckets because they're, they're eating it, you know? And so I was like, I'm just returning to form here. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, what they'll do is on full moons, this is like March through June, they will just come up, the females will come up and they'll, they'll burrow in the wet sand and they'll make a little hole. And then the males will come up and they all just deposit their sperm in the hole. And then the females sort of wait there and the eggs get fertilized and then eventually, in however many days after, the little grunions in the next tide run up just come back down. How do they survive on the beach? Do you they don't. I mean, they, 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 they will come up, right? Like, they come in with the tide. So, you, so you're looking at the tide. Oh, the tide, the tide brings, brings them. them in. And while with just a tiny, tiny amount of water, they're hanging out digging holes. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you can come, I see, mm -hmm. you can just yeah. scoop them at high tide. It's the craziest thing you'll ever see. So, like, the tide comes in, and you're like, this tide looks a little different. Yeah. There's a bunch of silvery stuff in there. And then they just stay instead of swimming back ah. out. And so uh, you probably saw the clips, right? It's yeah, it was, a, it was wild. Thousands of silvery fish. And so the way Cali works is if you use no implements, like no nets, no nothing, you can collect as much as you need to use to eat, which is a fuzzy legislation. <laughs> but so I'm out there. Um, you needed a lot of grunions. And I needed a lot. And the problem <laughs> is like, sure, you might get a bucket of grunions, but like you, you don't have the energy really when you're living off literally just potatoes and lettuce to like fillet every little, it's not like you're getting a They're not tuna. boneless. Yeah. They're not boneless. And so, yeah. So I went out and scooped them literally competing with this Vietnamese woman who had a bag and she, she, she was like a much better eye than me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just follow her around and like try to find them. Cause so there's a four, four day phase. And on the fourth day is the full moon. Those were the most of them. I did not know that. So I was there on day one and two. Mm -hmm. So you kind of had to like run and pick Got your spots. <laughs> so I'm running after this, this Vietnamese woman, like, <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, this is my spot. Uh, but yeah, I picked a bunch of those up, did some foraging around, around the city. Was that more effort to eat? Like, cause I imagine, like you said, the filleting and the bones and all that kind of stuff. It was annoying to, yeah. to scale it. Yeah. Cause you got to scale the fish and then, but what I ended up doing, which was weirdly, this food slapped, it was potatoes, grunions, and I had some onions I had grown, like green onions. Grown onions. And, th and then you, you mix it all together and you make like a latka style meal, mm -hmm. which is like weirdly dense in calories and like pretty fulfilling. You there know? you go. So it ended up, it ended up going okay. But still over the, over the month I lost 13, 15 pounds, something like that. Yeah, I was I was struck by how 
I talk, we talk, you've watched the podcast. I appreciate yeah, your support. Yeah. Uh, Factory Farms, the lack of morality that goes into that kind of stuff. But when I watched mm-hmm. you, how difficult it was for you off a pretty crappy diet to feed yourself, given mm-hmm. that it was probably a huge focus of yours and you had the luxury of a larger garden than almost than anybody I know has. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that or wh- what do you think about the ethics of farming? I know that now you have a larger garden, you have these hens. The question that I guess I have personally is, is there like a sweet spot where I can get some of my own food, not contribute as much to the factory thing? I also saw that you've got these hens, which is very exciting for me because I've Mm -hmm. mostly avoided eggs because they come from crappy places. But the way that you seem to do it is awesome. Do you eat mostly vegan then or do you eat fish i eat fish okay um yeah. and arguably you you can make the case that that sh- that i shouldn't or that i should only do it in certain circumstances mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i mean i think the way i've always thought about it because I, I have listened to the podcast, i know that that's the way that you eat i don't eat that way i i do eat meat and i do think that like some percentage of the meat i eat ideally i should not be eating yeah. right so like if it's if it's conventionally farmed, you know, stuffed with antibiotics, et cetera, not treated well, I probably shouldn't be eating it. Like in my best self, I would not. Then again, sometimes I do have a burger or burrito mm-hmm. from time to time. Um, but yeah, I will say like, if you have hens on your property, you're getting, you're getting six hens. You get like two dozen eggs in the fatter part of the season because they slow down in the winter. To me, I, I, I can't see a problem with, with eating those eggs. No, those, you know? those make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, I, I can't see a problem with eating those eggs. I honestly, to, to me as well, like if, if I'm raising the chicken, and like maybe a meat bird or something like that, mm-hmm. I, I can't see a reason why I wouldn't be able to harvest that hen and, mm-hmm. and eat it. I think it's way, way more defensible, if not totally fine at yeah. that level. Yeah. Um, there's two questions that I have, which is, because as, as I watch your videos, Henry said, he's like, I get this. I see why people do this. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm of the mindset of like, oh man, that's hard. I could just go to the grocery store yeah. <laughs> and get it. So why yeah. do you garden? What do you get out of it? And am I missing like a core human experience that? I would say yes. Yeah. But you might, you might well, no, disagree. Well, no, I'm, I'm, you know? I'm totally open to this because yeah. I am, I feel, I do feel totally disconnected from. Yeah primal anything you know Mm -hmm. i'm on the computer eight hours a day Mm -hmm. so i'm I'm pretty i'm pretty out there yeah i mean i think the way i always thought about it because like my origin story into gardening was not that i grew up gardening Mm -hmm. i just didn't i played as you probably know i like i played a bunch of online poker and paid my way through school that way and then when i quit that after college played a bunch of video games which is just a worse way of playing poker it's like it's kind of the same mechanics but you don't (laughs) earn any money so what was the point so when I quit, I had asked my brother, like, hey, do you want to do something outside this summer? And gave him a bunch of options like surfing and skating and gardening. And he like perked up at gardening. Mm-hmm. I just, I did it because I, I gave him the option, but I was like, that was like the last one I would have chosen. Yeah. Uh, but we started growing and yeah, I don't know. Some, something about it for me, that is one of my primal sort of access points, I guess, to our biology. Because mm-hmm. I think, and tell me what you think, like, I think like our biology is more or less stable and our cultural mm-hmm. sort of sensibility is is like 10,000 times past it. Mm-hmm. And so the things that should make us like happy and regulated have always been around. We just sort of ignore them now. And so I think we all need some kind of path back to that. And it's not always gardening. You know, it might be fishing or it might be hiking or or whatever, um, which is why like, like our mission, Epic Gardening's mission, teach the world to grow. But I'm not going to get everyone 
on that on that mission, right? Mm-hmm. Like someone's just not going to do it, and that's fine. Yeah. What I want to hear if did you notice an emotional shift in yourself when you started, or even when a, a day where you don't get to be with your garden, do mm-hmm. you feel differently? Well, yeah. What I'll say is like today, like I've been running around in in LA today, yeah, and. I probably will get home after it's dark, so I won't really be able to enjoy the yard. Um, but tomorrow, I already know. Like, as I was driving up here, I, I get car sick, so I wasn't feeling that amazing. But yeah. I was like, I can't wait to be, like, sitting by the pond, like, getting the eggs from the garden, mm-hmm. grabbing some stuff, and making breakfast with it. So, yeah, I mean, I think it brings a lot of peace for me mm. that that it just doesn't. Other things in my life just don't. Does the food taste better? For sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it does. Yeah. I mean, the eggs are better. The I, And I think, like, if the uh, placebo effect is a thing, which we know, <laughs> it, which we know, <laughs> we, know. That, we know that it is, right? Even if it didn't taste better, it is the fact that you knew you grew it and you know, like, the story of the plant, so to speak, before you got it to your, your plate, that I think you almost trick yourself into it tasting better. Mm. That's my theory. I don't know. Yeah. No, I've... Yeah, I, I don't know if that is my way, but I what the hens clicked with me, I was yeah. like, I like the animal part of it yeah. a lot. I, I feel a little bit disconnected from the plant side of things uh, and would like, I think, to have a small farm vibe one day. It's very possible. Does this exist in your future plans at all for Epic Gardening or yourself? Animal I husbandry think, or I anything like that? I think about it a lot, man. Like. Because Cali is tough to get land, especially yeah. in a place where you you might want to be or close enough to modern society. And so I'm on Zillow all the time, like looking at cabins in Oregon or mm-hmm. Idaho or Colorado. Because you can get five-something acres there for a fraction of the price of like a normal, relatively poorly built home here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think at some point in the future, maybe it is is some media that we do with Epic, like Kevin's story of going off and building his his homestead <laughs> yeah maybe you know but but I, I do think about that quite a bit right now there's enough to do at the place i'm at now that i'm i'm content but yeah the goal to expand would be really fun yeah, yeah. no you're making me think because i drive past some of these and when you go over the mountains there they have whatever they have plants some of them mm-hmm. some of these guys are just obscenely rich and they take this really expensive malibu real estate and they grow like peppers <laughs> it's just it's just <laughs> offensive to how much like this is just ungodly amounts of money to yeah. not to not commercialize the land further than that um but no i see that and i go i wonder i wonder what i'm missing because this hasn't i haven't done this and uh, i think that i probably should one of the things i was curious about is the overlap between you and or your customers with the prepper community mm. if that exists and it does yeah no, it, it does completely so weirdly and this is something I really love about the garden space is because yeah. we know like the internet is half toxic all mm. the time. Gardening weirdly just is somewhat immune from that mm. for the most part. At least everyone has an amnesty truce when they're talking about gardening <laughs> because because if you're... Is there any can- big cancellations going on in the gardening There's industry? some drama here and there, sure, <laughs> but there's it's mostly, you know, it's mostly petty sort of drama stuff. But no, I mean, what's interesting is that if you're politically right, at least as America would define it, mm-hmm. you're more likely probably to be like the homesteader prepper type of personality, mm-hmm. which requires you to garden and have a good, pretty good knowledge of that. And if you're more politically left, you're you're probably more interested in like environmentalism or sustainability, et cetera. Thus, it makes sense to have a garden. And so I, I see it in the comments all the time. Like there's a bunch of people that will follow Epic 
And I can tell just by their screen name. I'm like, I know, I pretty much know where you stand. Doomsday 2024. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Or like Earth must be saved 2025, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and and they're, they're chatting with each other about yeah. how to grow the tomato or the pepper. So it's, it is bizarre how, how much of an overlap there is. But I would say for, for the prepper style person, gardening is a piece of a larger whole that is quite a bit deeper than that. And that is not something that you subscribe to. You know, dude, I have, I've got like security at the house. I've got the hens. I'm yeah. thinking about getting a root cellar. Um, so I'm not, I'm not against it, but it's almost to me just really fun to build yeah. that out. I just think it's fun to live that way. Well, you've got, and I can, so I only watched a couple you could tell me, but you're yeah. not totally self-sustaining, but increasingly self-sustaining. Increasingly so, yeah. Your roof runs off into this giant water tank, which mm-hmm. in California is like, we're constantly having to ration water. And you're like, I'm not, you know, I just like, good. I can just give good. the yeah. water from my roof when it rains. You get, I don't know, however many gallons. So mm-hmm. Talk about some of the stuff that you have that makes you self-sustaining. And I'm also curious, like what the emotional feeling that that gives you is yeah that's that's a good question it's a good combo question there so so the sustainability stuff that we've done at the house i put on i think i have 24 solar panels Mm -hmm. so for us in cali the solar energy you generate i never knew this i'll see if you knew it i did not know it blew my mind i always thought like you have solar panels on your house the energy goes into your house and you just use that energy yeah solar energy it doesn't work that way there's a grid right Mm -hmm. there's the solar panels the energy just goes straight back. It just spins your meter backwards mm. and you just pay the net. So for me, I spin it backwards so far that I don't have a net. I don't have a bill anymore. Uh, so I just, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just sort of accrue these. But the, then the downside is you don't actually get paid for your negative balance. Uh, All it does is it's sort of a holding account where if you do have a, a more usage bunch, it just nets against it, which is kind of annoying. That's lame. Yeah. So So weirdly, if you think about the incentive structure of that, if I generate like 2,000 kilowatts a month or something like that, I better use 2,000 kilowatts because I don't get any benefit for not... And, and if you have extra space on your roof and the guy's already up there, you're like, yeah, but I don't need the extra panels because... There's no incentive. There's no incentive for there's me no to incentive. kick more back to the grid. Yeah, and, that's, and you would imagine that you would, you would want a decentralized silly. grid, right? Yeah. You'd want people to get some... Maybe it's not the full rate, but get some credit back mm-hmm. so that it incentivizes everyone to put solar on their house and thus... Ideally, the grid is more sustainable, but uh-huh. I don't know why they don't do it that way. But either way, I have no energy bill, right? Which means that I can use the energy at will on the property to do all these sort of weird things. Yeah. The roof, like you said, collects off to a um, sort of underground like pipe that goes to this big cistern. So there's like 5,000 gallons of water that's collected there, which I can use to fill up the pond or water the garden or hold in case I think that there's not going to be rain, which is always the case in San Diego. And that, that is nice because some of the, you know, you've got this koi pond, Mm -hmm. which we're in a drought. And I know I would feel like, ah, probably shouldn't be doing this. Are they stopped watering any of the flowers or the grass Mm -hmm. in the the neighborhood? But I think (laughs) the water landed on your roof. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Where was that water going to go? Are you net stealing? from California's water from the, from the commune. Yeah. It, that's a good question because so I don't <laughs> or are know. You just rationing it better. I actually don't understand. Well, here's what's crazy. So first of all, in Cali on my street gutters, there are no gutters. Mm-hmm. And so that water actually would just go nowhere. Mm-hmm. It would, it would sit, it would either be absorbed by, by lawn or whatever, mm-hmm. or it would just sit in the road until it evaporated. So uh-huh. in, in my particular case, it's really not being sort of diverted to my property instead of someone yeah. else's. But the crazy thing, and I did not realize how popular, if I do a rainwater capture video of any kind on any platform, 
it just popped. <laughs> I don't know why. And I think it's because people think it's illegal. And it is rationed in some areas like Colorado. I don't know if you know this, but Colorado, you can have two 55-gallon barrels and that's it. Uh-huh. But presumably because you're then stealing from what eventually gets to the Colorado River, yeah, yeah. which then feeds, you know, the entire Southwest. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. Got but it. If you, if you wanted, if someone wanted to make the argument that you were stealing the water, I would just say, why is the earth paved then? <laughs> you know, because yeah. that it's, it's routing everything yeah, yeah. off, off where it should have landed. So, well, yeah. I, okay. So I diverted you about your self sustainability. So you've mm-hmm. got solar panels, you've got water. I've got the water the the hens to me is a piece. Of course. Cause you're getting protein and fat that you can't really grow mm-hmm. very quickly. It's hard to grow protein and fat. Um, so the hens, the hens are nice. Besides that, I mean, there's not too much else that we're doing. Well, you've got, you eat your fruits. Oh, you, you grow. Yeah. We, we grow our own food for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think what it gives me is the feeling of if things really did go bad, not that I really think they will. I, I have the skill set to live a life, you know, which I, something I, there, there's creators out there or some influencers or whoever who have like optimized every facet of their whole life. Like, my trainer comes at this time, my meal's yeah. delivered at this time, this is this. And I'm like, but if any piece of that falls away, you kind of don't know how to do human things, mm. which I just value personally. And so it just gives me a sense of peace. That's interesting because I feel like that's happening on a bit of a global level, which is we're all like, oh, we don't need to do manufacturing. China's got that. Or we mm. don't need to do any of this other stuff. And uh, it does seem that on a global level, that is collapsing to a degree and it's going to be more things are going to get more expensive Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to reshore manufacturing into your own country and ask if you're sustainable in terms of your own food consumption sri lanka's got no food because there's a war going on in ukraine yeah Yeah. and so that perhaps too quickly spreading globalizing which has impacted us in our lives and i'm i'm that guy that you're talking about by the way i'm The only reason I've ever thought, this is morbid, that I would want like a weapon is if the world collapsed is to get rid of myself first because I'm not oh, going go to out. last. I'm you not take go- yourself out. Somebody's going to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm the, mar- if the marauders aren't even going to arrive at my house before I starve to death. Like I. Yeah. yeah, I guess where we are. Yeah. I don't even think I have uh, bottled water around here. Like if the tap goes off. I don't I- know, man. I think. Grab a thousand dollars worth of food and water just in case. Just you know? in case, yeah. maybe. It's and probably I, the cheapest insurance you'll ever buy. Sure, I don't want to live yeah. in a world without internet, man. Yeah, I don't. I know. I, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm kind of with you on that. <laughs> That's the other thing. Is like, I like being alive, but it's like a 21st century like being alive. alive. Yeah, I like yeah. video games. And when's the next release? God of War just came out. And I know. If there's not a sequel. I, I don't know. It's both. I mean, I think it's both. <laughs> I think I I vacillate between. I call it like high tech natural. Like obviously yeah. the, our lives have, have we've been given so much in our lives because of technology Yeah, and we like it. But at the same time, I do think it's nice when I just get to go chill in the backyard, like naked in the sun and mm-hmm. just like lay there. I'm like, this is equally nice in its own way. It's not as stimulating, but yeah. it's, it's, it's nice. Well, what I've, as you said that I, I have not gotten to go naked, but I, one of the best parts of my day is going into the backyard and, walking on just, chilling. just the grass that I have. And even recently it's been as maybe I should garden, like literally touching the tree that I have. Yeah. We have this old tree and uh, it brings me great peace to just rest my hand on it and just breathe. I, I you know, I don't know if why. If that's, if that's the case, I would say gardening might be huge for you. Yeah. 
because because um, you're, it you're be. more tactile with it right so like it, you make one simple bed grow the plants you like to eat or don't i mean if grow whatever is interesting to you but the thing that's so interesting about it to me is you're if you start from a seed especially it's like you're cultivating actual life from from the beginning of the phase to the end and then if it's edible like harvesting it preparing it and turning it into the thing that you sort of don't care if you waste it if you bought it at the store you know what i mean and so it, it ties you to something that you just can't get in on the, on the internet yeah. or in I, I mean this might be trite but as as you say that i'm reflecting that my participation in the quote-unquote cycles of life is highly specific and highly specialized it's mm. like i will write a script for a you know it's like this mm. very narrow participation and to participate from like seed to consumption is even though it's you know could just occur in the space of a pot is uh it's a full cycle a full spectrum participation that i don't always get it's just yeah i don't know i just find it fascinating i guess i mean mm -hmm. we we raised the when you get hens right you have the option to raise them from what are called pullets which is like a six week eight week old hen mm -hmm. gets you closer to the egg point or you can raise them from chicks. It's a little more annoying, but it's possible. Yeah. And I always thought I would do the pullets because I'm like, I'm busy. I don't know if I have the time. And then <clears throat> one day I was just like, dude, I'm just going to do the chickens. I'm just going to do the chicks. So I called this woman who raises them somewhere around me and boom, had these little chickies. And it, it's just awesome. These yeah. guys grow up fast and you just connect to it in a certain way. Do they have names, yours? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. These are not to be eaten, I imagine. These are your guys. These are not to be eaten. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think if you, yeah, I mean, it's weird because I've raised these hens that I really cherish from from chicks, but simultaneously eat eat chicken. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you can do both, which sure. I think sure. a lot of people would disagree with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, to be clear, there's like humans that I love and have given a lot of money to and humans that I have eaten. So no, <laughs> <And the laughs> humans that I am not as nice to. So it's not, I, I understand the idea yeah. that yeah. you don't have to be the same throughout a species. I mentioned this to you prior to coming on, but I don't know if this, uh, in terms of your origin story or if this, mm. this connects at all, but like I was reading a book that had the idea of what an artist is, or it might've been a video, is someone who takes uh, some of the pain that they've experienced in their life oftentimes pain and finds a way to creatively express that transmute it turn it into something else yeah um and i don't know does that resonate at all with your interest in this or not really i would say if i have more time to reflect mm -hmm. upon that i probably would have a clearer answer but my sense would be yes because mm -hmm. so for me like the pain that i would have experienced if i had to just list a few would be like my dad died when i was 12 or 13 mm -hmm. I if I really counted it back I would know the date but I don't remember much of that year or two you know so it's, it's hard for me to even really think about it and that to me felt like 0 to 12 I was one version of me 1.0 mm. 12 to maybe 20 something I was 2.0 but what what happened at 12 I mean what made me 2.0 it, it was that that moment and so I think from then on I felt like I was a different version of myself mm -hmm. right and, you know, talking to guys like you and, and stuff that I sort of explored in my early 20s kind of evolved me to a different level as well. But I have to think that that has something to do with why I have this, like, desire to create stuff and, like, put things out there and share stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I have to think. I, I don't know exactly how it ties together, but it, it must be something like that. Wow. Yeah. Do you, 
do you have an idea of how you sh- what the shift was from 12 to not not necessarily what happened or like what how you were different in that yeah days well so i so i grew up half filipino half white right mm-hmm. and my filipino side of my family actually my mom as well uh, catholic so i grew up catholic and if you grow up catholic from birth and i'm ex-catholic now or just not you just have a certain dogma that's in you, right? And so you know, the whole Catholic guilt thing or the whole just the world is structured as this and don't question it. And then as soon as my dad died, I was like, well, that's not supposed to happen though in this world, you know? Um, and so at that point in time, I was like, I guess there aren't rules anymore for what's supposed to happen and how life's supposed to be lived. And some other things happened at that time where, sort of caused me to like lose respect for a lot of elders in my life. And so then I was like, I guess I'm the oldest person I respect anymore. Wow. Um, And so in a sense, I mean, obviously my mom was still around, but you know, my mom has a chronic illness and there's certain things that she can and can't do. And she did like an incredible job raising us at that point in time. Um, But yeah, I think at that point I was just like, I guess I need to figure everything out on my own now because no one else really seems to have the answers for me, you know? Um, And so it kind of sent me down this like introspection, kind of where I got into internet stuff, building websites and reading and researching and all that. And like put me down, you could say put me down the path to like becoming YouTube garden garden man. Yeah. No, I did not, not the same origin story, but when you, I had a reaction when you said the oldest person I respect. I don't know if that's a universal thing for young men, but I had, just similar, nobody knows what they're talking about. Like, they're all in the mm. matrix. You know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's this young man thing. Where, God, it's, and it's funny because I see these 25-year-olds who are convinced that everyone is in the matrix, and I mm-hmm. see myself <laughs> in them, and I'm so frustrated by the lack of humility, which is also, maybe for you and I know for me, was necessary for me to, like, jettison some of the, uh, limiting beliefs that were just had mm-hmm. by people around me about you're going to grow up and be a doctor after you go to college and do these sorts of things. And in throwing that out, what I have only recently within the last couple of years been able to come back to is like, okay, what are the parts of tradition that I chucked out in my twenties that shouldn't have gone? Dude, it's so weird that it's the same pattern for me. Yeah. Cause I grew obviously growing up Catholic. There's quite a bit of tradition in that particular faith and, and I rejected all of it. Uh, I kind of played along until I was about 16 or so, got mm. confirmed and all that. And once I was like, that's the final sacrament. I'm, I'm free. I don't have to do this anymore. Mm. Um, and didn't really go to church after 18 and kind of became like, I wouldn't say I was a militant atheist or something, but at that era, I was just so convinced I was right that you can't be right about certain things yeah. um, that I, if, if you were to have engaged me on it, I would have been very probably annoying, mm-hmm. honestly. And that's fallen away as I've realized, okay, you can't know that. Thus, I can't also know many other things in life. So maybe I should not have opinions on a lot of things, mm-hmm. or at least not as strong opinions. And then I think to your point, like late, as I've gotten older, I've been like, yeah, there are some like ritualistic things that maybe I should add back, mm-hmm. even if I don't attach them to some sort of grand meaning or, or creator or, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. This is my question to you about gardening mm-hmm. is... You ask me at 25, I go, no, it is faster, easier to purchase at this. I- What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. 
Shop now at Hero.co. Can get I if I specialize in this one thing, I can get more money, which I can spend on more things, which gives me more time. And if I want to spend that extra time, you know, like it was a very I, I think culturally there's also this push towards raw food or whatever the, mm-hmm. the past has. And uh no, I would I chucked all that out. I was just hardcore. I, yeah. I know how to do things best and all of the ways of the past are stupid shit that old people say to control young some people. Some people might say I still some people closer might say I still am this way <laughs> with my opinions, but I, I really do try not to be. But yeah, no, I agree with you. Like it's, it's, it goes back to that whole manufacturing stuff you were talking about with China. It's like may, maybe we shouldn't have just-in-time manufacturing and have things land at the port the week before we need it. Mm-hmm. Maybe there actually is an ROI on having a little bit more than you need at all points in time, right? Um, Interesting so, concept of, yeah, redundancy, of purposeful mm-hmm. redundancy. I was talking with a guy yesterday. I was at this fancy dinner, and I'm assuming that guy also does pretty well in his life. Mm-hmm. And we were both chatting about how I like to garden, which is obviously a little different because it's a business, but he likes to uh, just mow his lawn Mm -hmm. as like a hedge fund manager or something crazy. And I'm like, hedge hedge fund. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's 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 the exception. But yeah, I was like, look, if you like to do the activity, paying someone else to do it is ROI negative because if your utility from it is extremely high, even though you shouldn't be doing it, Mm -hmm. then outsourcing it is a mistake no matter what. Right. Uh, which which I, I think that's kind of what you're saying. Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, sliding over, I was watching some of your videos. I saw new faces. And what mm. I was most impressed by is that some of your videos that have done very well are not anchored by you. You will kick it off and mm-hmm. then move into someone else. And this is my own personal interest. But mm-hmm how the heck did you do that? Did that work right away for you? Is that a separate to the garden space where you go get an expert in a different type of plant? Yeah. And can you do that for me? I'll help you. No, I'd love to help you with that. I mean, I think, so here, here's some backstory on that. So part of the backstory is Epic's always been a bootstrapped company. And I always thought it would be. And last year I decided to raise some funds for Epic part of that when you bring investors on is is they do want to see some sort of growth. And something I was already doing was trying to bring on another creator. So Jacques, I don't know if you've seen him. He wears the straw hat. I have. He's in our videos. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he, he started out as like a garden hand at the house for mm-hmm. 20 bucks an hour. He was a PhD in geology and wasn't super enthused with that career path. And so as I sort of incepted him, like maybe he did, maybe I did. But either way, we're working in the garden. I'm like, you know, there's more work for you here if you want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm close to this geology thing. And so I just started showing him in Instagram and YouTube. It didn't feel right to like have a, a better taking care of garden and pretend like I was the only one doing it. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, Jacques here. And, and people started taking to him. And I was like, why don't I just build him channels too? Mm-hmm. And so we put a YouTube channel up for him. He shows up on his own Instagram. Oh, really? What's the YouTube channel? Jacques in the Garden. Jacques in the Garden. Yeah, he's got like 60K subs in a year. Wow. I'm like, girl that took me so long. <laughs> I was like, you better realize how long that took me. But um, anyways, so af- after doing the the investment deal, you know, part of the thesis is like- Can you, I ask a quick question on that? Yeah. Did Jacques take more ownership when he had his own oh, yeah. separate channel versus like making a video on yours? He's the kind of guy who would take the ownership either way. Mm-hmm. But I think giving him his own properties allows him to be fully himself and allows him to attract- a specific type of person yeah. who might like him more than me, to be honest. So this is something that we've done is we've had um, supporting writers. Uh, one of them has been Hadley. She's worked with Ben a lot. She's been super yeah. helpful. 
Uh, and naturally, which I think is appropriate, for the Charisma on Command channel, we've been like, don't use I. Don't speak in the first person. Like, this is the, the brand voice. But mm-hmm. she's also got, she started to do her own channel. And when she does, she uses the word I and talks about her own life story. And mm-hmm. I, th- as I saw that, I was like, oh, there's, there's something here where, yes, in order to speak with a brand voice, you have to adapt. But I feel like the higher upshot, perhaps less likely to instantly do well, is to be like, no, be you in an affiliated mm-hmm. role. Like maybe we connect to the same backend products and courses, but that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. I mean, I think the way I'm thinking about it is this, especially for gardening. I live in San Diego. It's relatively easy to grow almost anything. So it's hard for a lot of growers to relate if they're in Minnesota or in their mm-hmm. Canada or they're in the UK and even culture like UK gardening culture is very, very different from, from the U S and it just doesn't hit the same. I mean, we do have a UK audience. It's like 5% of our audience, but mm-hmm. I don't say aubergine. I say eggplant, right? Like mm. there's all these different yeah, things yeah, yeah. that that are very subtle but but make a difference. And so, yeah, whether it's like the place that someone lives or, you know, I, I don't like bonsai, but a lot of people do. So not, I do like bonsai. I'm just not good at it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not 70. You have to be very old to be really good at bonsai. Uh, have you seen Bonsai Relief, dude? He's, really? he's Oh, he's so good. Oh, I need to check him you out. You haven't seen this channel? No, no, no. I need to check it out. Many, many millions of views per video. Oh, it's stunning amazing. videography. Yeah, I, I'll, dude, he's so Send good. Send to me for sure. He's fantastic, yeah. man. So you can collect, and this is the other thing is if you're setting up this back end, you just clap. You just clap. Yeah. So, so this is a brilliant model that you've got going. The way here. we're I thinking like about it, cats out of the bag, I guess. So we have, <laughs> we have, uh, we have of products, right? So we sell yeah. like raised beds and we have these seed trays that we invented. And so there's some stuff we own, there's some stuff we distribute. Um, and there's some stuff that if you have an audience like Jacques, like we're, we're designing a hat for him. It's going to drop pretty soon. It's his straw hat <laughs> called the Jacques. And we're just going to drop it on the store because everyone wants that hat. No way. Yeah. And so like if, if you're a creator who doesn't have incredible amounts of business savvy and drive, which is most creators, I would argue, we, I want to offer them like, Hey, come, come work with us. We'll amplify everything you're doing if we like it. And if, if things go well, like we'll build, we'll build a whole thing around you. You know, what's fascinating is that MCNs came in with the same, not the same, but they had this selfish idea of like, there's all these business, these creators that lack business savvy. Mm-hmm. And their question was, how can we extract as much money as possible? What they didn't have that you do have is a built-in route to monetization. And they often faked like they did. Like, yeah. I don't know if you ever got their pitch decks, but it's like, you know, our proprietary software to, it's all garbage. Maximize your ad You rev. maximize yeah. ad rev, all nonsense. But if you have legitimately, like, patented, researched, uh, well-sourced, you mentioned to me that you had these things from Japan that people went wild for or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, we we have, so la- earlier this year, for example, we bought, my friend Diego made these seed trays. The second I saw him, this was 21, I, I was like, that's for sure the best seed tray I've ever seen. And so I put it up on Epic, and initially it was just so, a tra- I'm sorry to slow you down. Yeah, Diego yeah. Uh, designs a tray, or makes one, he's an artisan? Like Diego, how does- Diego is a, he's actually a content creator as well, more in uh-huh. like the farming, agriculture space, like market farmers, backyard farmers. But I knew him just through, through doing Epic, and he emailed me and he said, hey, I have this tray we haven't met. I know you're in San Diego. I'm in San Diego. You want to you want to take a look at it? So Did he, he have manufacturing for it as well. Yes. Okay. So so he had the tray, and I I looked at it. I'm like, dude, this is for sure the best tray I've ever seen. Like I knew it immediately, mm-hmm. and so I go, what do you think about should? 
I mean, my platform is quite large and all these gardeners would love to see it. It's an incredible product. Do you want to partner up and I'll offer it on Epic? And he goes, yeah. And so, so we did it and we kept selling them out. We, we were selling out, I mean, quite a bit of trays in like minutes. Wow. Um, which you would never think like that's like a hype beast model or something. Mm-hmm. Like we're dropping trays. Yeah, 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 yeah. The drop. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, and, and, and unfortunately we had to drop cause it's an injection molded tray. You can only press so many in a week. Yeah. So we'd, we'd build a week of inventory, put it on Instagram and it would go in two minutes. And then we go, okay, come back next week. You know, wow. we had no, no choice, but where I'm going with this is eventually we were like, Diego, you're so good at making product. Why don't you just join Epic and become our product development team? Mm-hmm. And so we bought, we, we did a deal. Diego joined the team. And now we just have a team that makes products. Can you, and I know you can't probably do specifics on camera, tell yeah. me how you philosophically think about these partnerships in terms mm-hmm. of like, I want it to be mostly equity or I want it to mm-hmm. be a lot of money. Because yeah. I asked this personally, I mentioned this to you. Um, my One of my big limitations in business is that I like to do things by myself and I have limiting beliefs around getting like collaborating with other people that are killing it. Like yeah. what I've, I've, I've started oftentimes with people that are just starting off in their careers and I've mentored them, but I haven't really ever connected with someone that was crushing it and found a way to synergize together. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because the fear of loss in those deals is so bigger. If you're working with someone yeah. fresh out of college, it's like, okay, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks. doesn't work out. On you go. Yeah, whatever. But if it's like, if these deals don't work out and I've given you equity or I've given you a large sum of money, that yeah. that's more daunting. So I'm curious what your philosophy is around these deals. It's the hardest thing to do, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like everything else we do is easier than that because mm-hmm. it's, and, and you know, Jacques is a different story. He he started, he, he didn't, he wasn't a creator. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was a PhD in geology and decided to drop out. And we're building, you know, we're building some more sort of incentives and structures for folks who we call like more of a homegrown creator. Mm-hmm. But if someone's coming in, like, um, you know, we have a flower creator that we just brought in who has her own business. And so it's like, okay, well, what, you just have to figure out what that person cares about. You know, like, mm-hmm. do you care about the equity piece? So are you thinking about the long term and where that might go? Or do you want stability? I mean, honestly, a lot of creators just want like, hey, look, I don't want to have to shill some random brand uh, just to make, enough money to like do this for and so do you give them a flat fee or give them an affiliate cut of what they do or some combination of it depends it really depends on the person i mean we, we so you're you're listening to what they're yeah. interested in and needing and trying mm-hmm. to meet them there okay yeah yeah i mean we're, we're thinking of this model where like we have products so you can be an affiliate right you mm-hmm. can just you can just that's click on our site you don't even need more to of a transactional yeah. type of relationship but ideally since we know how to make really good content in our space if you're an affiliate of ours, we'll, we'll help you make content. And if you make great content about something that we don't talk about a lot that's in gardening, maybe we should collaborate more. And mm-hmm. if we collaborate more, maybe you're like a friend of Epic, you feature on a video here and there and it builds your accounts. And if that really goes well, why don't you just join the team? And you know, let's say the bonsai person, right? If that really pops off, why don't we just build an entire category? Like you tell us what the best things in bonsai are. Mm-hmm. What's the best course? Or do you want to make it with us? Yeah. What's the best product line? Or do you want to make it with us? And and we'll do it. Because I think in our market in gardening, gardening is just kind of sleepy. Yeah. Um, it's not modern. And I prove that in content by making good content. But I think you can prove it throughout the entire structure of the industry. Well, one of the things that I've seen, and not that you, I saw your video on 30 Days, and I was yeah. reminded of, you know, Davey 504 at all he plays? No, I don't. He's a guy who plays bass guitar. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and gets millions of views per video because he's no longer a guy who plays bass guitar. He's a guy who does YouTube hits with a bass present in the video. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. And so when I looked at you, I was like, dude, and I, I didn't know that video was two, three years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you would ever have to, but you could have... I think people, myself included, feel constrained to the type of how-to whatever content they've done. When there's this whole field of like YouTube bangers that exist, yeah. if you're willing to like, do it. I paid six people one hundred dollars to stand in a circle yeah. and be confident. You know what I mean? I paid like, or you the like, spectacle YouTuber, you know, yeah, 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 like, and that is very front end, top of funnel, minimal level of interest in purchasing, but like huge, huge Gets the net audience. cast. Gets the audience. Yes, and yeah. we're somewhere in the middle, which is like, this is about Game of Thrones, but the title's how to be confident. Exactly. You, not, that was your big thing that I think you cracked that yeah. no one else cracked at the time that, yeah. that exploded you guys. Mm-hmm. Is you're like, oh, I'll teach charisma about the most popular things in culture right now. Mm-hmm. And there, there you go. It's like, it's the whole like, give them the medicine through the back door metaphor, whatever that yes. is. Yeah. Yes. And there's a broader category still yeah. that I haven't gone to and don't know that I ever will, but I, I saw that in your video. I was like, oh man, Kevin could be i uh, I've been trying to think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. We, you guys could get a lot of views. And did. anyone could get a lot of views is what I realized when I watched that. You do a 30-day challenge related to your thing, get mm-hmm. some people involved, set up a competition. Do, I did X and... We're, we're, we're testing some of this. So like I, I did reaction videos mm-hmm. uh, just to test it's, it. It's solidly. They, they crush. They yeah. crush oh, every single time. Even if it's, this, it's five minute crafts videos, which we all know are sort of mm-hmm. silly. You know it's dumb, just mm-hmm. but explain why it's dumb. And then I did the reverse. I explained why the hacks that you see are right on the internet. Mm-hmm. And then I like we're about to do one where we pick two subs on YouTube. We give them each five hundred dollars, and Jacques and I coach them on how to make like a really awesome like sort of starter garden. Uh. And then we see who wins, like who made the better garden. <laughs> so it's like a mini game show. Yeah, you know, because it's like yes, you're right. There are only so many videos you can make about how to grow a tomato. There's actually a lot for tomatoes, but eventually you will run out of those tomato videos. You know what's interesting is I was watching. Have you listened to Alex Hormozzi or watched Alex Hormozzi? Uh, a lot of his stuff. So I, I think he's got a lot of really, really good messages and really the best ones he's – I don't blame him for this. Like they're not new knowledge, but they need to be repeated for people mm-hmm. like me who don't listen enough. to. Or in a certain form factor, yeah. it hits a different – yeah. And the one that he's repeated in one of his most recent videos is essentially that if you spend – Everyone spends all their time and money on marketing. You know what I mean? Because they want to make the sale tomorrow. If you spend more time on your product, on interviewing customers, on asking why didn't, oh, you didn't get the garden that you wanted. The Mm -hmm. plant didn't grow. Uh, You didn't actually do anything once it was delivered to your house. Like you make sure as many, and for us it looks like, oh, you didn't get the confidence they wanted or the girl didn't say yes or like, and figure out how to work through as many of those obstacles as possible and then come back to the marketing. You can... At that point, which I think you're close to, saying that you have some of the really best products in the gardening space, mm-hmm. you can then just spend millions of dollars on content and just have game shows related to gardening because you've got the best back end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know well, yeah, because, I mean, if you think about <laughs> classic funnels, right, if you think about the bottom of the funnel, any impact you make there cascades upwards mm-hmm. to butterfly effect style. Like, if you think just raw e-commerce or something, or maybe you guys with your course, right, like, if the course conversion is 5%, you and you want to make x dollars well you need y traffic to do it but if you double your conversion you just need half as much traffic as you needed before so the mm-hmm. pro the problem at the top just becomes much less severe yes and then yeah, you can spend sense. more money on content and, mm-hmm. and do it yeah so we've uh i think our course is solid i mean i've redone it four times i took I've, it 
Yeah, yeah. So, there yeah. you go. And you're good on camera. <laughs> I'm, char- I'm charismatic, guys. I'm charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> on command, actually. On command. Yeah, this on is command. epic gardening on command. <laughs> this is totally random. But I'll, I'll let you know because this is what we often do in the podcast, Hit as me. you've seen. Hit me. Yeah. Um, so with Henry, my brother, who is here today filling in for Justin, and um, Justin actually might come back this weekend. Uh, we have been watching cops <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah. They've been, bro, first off, they crush like these you, videos. Like, like a cop YouTube channel or like a short interaction like, uh, with Rhode a Rhode Island, Lancaster County Police top five encounters. Oh, you know? wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> and they're like amazing. <laughs> yeah. But one of the consistent sad themes about it is they're all drug crimes. They're mm. all petty drug crimes of yeah. poor people. And I was struck by how people gravitate towards drugs. You know what I mean? Like when stuff isn't going well, they drink, mm-hmm. they do drugs, they do whatever they need to do um, to get by. And I don't have much more to it. I don't know if that strikes you at all, but um, yeah, we just live in a society and maybe all societies have been like this where people need to get out of their experience yes. and then we criminalize it and we chase them down and, yeah sniff the thing and find that there's weed in the trunk and it's uh it was just sad to watch i was like these guys these and the cops seem oblivious to their job of being it's weird how you meet i mean i I know some law enforcement not directly cops but other different departments and stuff and it's weird how some of them when you meet them they just think the law is the law and that's it yeah yeah there's no it's it's black and it's white and that's it justice and injustice. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, if it's the law, they shouldn't have done it. Oh, well. It's like, yeah. well, that's not, arresting them is not really going to help them. Mm-hmm. Putting them in jail is not going to help them. Probably might make them worse. And you're going to find them again. And you're just like, why is it structured this way? It makes yeah. no sense, you know. Especially with, with like, you know, marijuana, drug crimes, all that kind of stuff. Well, what was funny is like, you could just send these cops to Burning Man. Mm-hmm. And they could fill their quotas for the year. Exactly. It's like yeah. the the spot that you've chosen to arrest this guy is, and I'm I'm not hardcore um, ACAB, all cops are bastards. Like, I don't think that at all. But yeah. clearly, like, the way this is set up to get these petty drug crimes on this particular poor street is just broken. Like, if yeah, you actually totally care about cracking down on this stuff, I can tell you the rave where it's at. Yeah. You know, like, I can tell you the frat party where there's a pound of cocaine happening right yeah. on the college campus right over there like it's yeah you're, you're totally right because the reason why is because that's where you're going to get to arrest someone and they have no yeah. recourse yes. right like if you go to the rave you're going to get a fight you're going to get a lawyer you're going to get out and it's these annoying people blab immediately yeah i know my rights uh that's and then the cops just lie mm-hmm. they say that's no you can't do that and they yeah. well yeah, it's mine. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, dude, just shut up. Yeah, just up. don't talk. Just shut yeah. up. You see that video, don't talk to the police? <laughs> yes. Uh, what are you ama- going to do? Amazing video. Just don't, <laughs> don't talk, talk to the, the police. police. I that, watched- that was a, that's actually, from a content perspective, I think it's a beautiful piece of content because it's a professor, a law professor, yeah. and then a cop. Yeah. One after the other. And they're both like, <laughs> don't talk to me. Don't talk to me, you know? Yeah, it's sad. Unless someone has kidnapped your family, and sure, and sure. time is going. I mean, I'm not trying to bust you on that. No, one. but dude, I, no, like I said, I know, I know a few people in in Border Patrol and NCIS, etc. And they're like, anything you say, like we we can lie, we can manipulate. That nothing you say will ever be used to your favor. Mm-hmm. So if you're smart, you shouldn't talk to us. Yes, yeah. never. Yeah, and we can't help you. There's like, look, and they often give yeah. them the like, yeah, you can make this easier on yourself as if 
because what you're used to when you're growing up with parents or anyone and you're yeah. like you want to form a good relationship and so when you're caught red-handed you fess up so as to pave a path to healing and uh it's totally wrong and it's it just is. it's just sad to to watch it break down the one other thing that i had mentioned was there's a channel that you haven't seen nomad capitalist i gotta check it out but. so long story short he's got an interesting channel he his philosophy is go where you're treated best He's, and so he is very interested in tax rates. I don't know if he believes the tax is fundamentally theft, but doesn't like paying taxes. Oh, so he's like a five flags kind of guy. Yes. He's like moving around, sovereign and, citizen. And his yeah. business, apparently, because he mentioned, is huge. Wow. Because when you figure for a high net worth individual, uh-huh. he's got like dozens of lawyers and accountants, and I didn't realize this about his business, where he helps people structure their businesses, do and their lives so as to basically make bigger savings than they've ever made by reducing their taxes. Okay. Um, so there's a whole, you know, ethical, interesting question there. But what I found interesting is he made a video recently talking about, like, one, the business is huge, but also the comments that he has received have made him not want to be on YouTube anymore because there are mean comments. Like he's not paying his fair share, like that, like he's I don't terrible even, or I don't whatever. even know that they're that. I think they're just like... Yeah, whatever, just YouTube mean yeah, comments. Yeah. And what I found interesting, which I shouldn't find interesting at this point, is that there's a level of success that you imagine when you have $10 million, the opinions of strangers will no longer impact you, is, is I think implicitly what I imagine. You would just what, think like, oh, well, life solved at that yes. point, so why care? Yeah. Yes, and not, not to fault him for this, but that that was such a huge mental drag to the point that he no longer wants to be as involved in content and is going like he's to just get, not going to post well he's going to get other people and he's like and there's business reasons for this as well but a yeah. really big and then the one that he elaborated the most on yeah. was that um and i thought it was that is really interesting i have seen uh this do you read the comments or how involved are you yeah, I mean, I, until 2019, I, I responded to everything on every platform all the time, which I attribute to how we grew. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, I can't do it as much. But yeah, I'll, I'll look at the comments from most pieces of content, at least to some degree, and I'll respond to some. Yeah. Got it. And is that, are the gardening people nice, or do they negatively affect your It depends. I mean, it's, it's gardening. It's not tax avoidance. So it's, <laughs> it's a, little bit, a little bit easier to get nice comments. But yeah, I mean, every so often, what is it, like 1% of people or so are, yeah. are just saying some random stuff. Uh, it doesn't get to me that much. The only, I mean, I, th- I like the rule of like, if it gets to you, they're somewhat right. Yeah. Because if... You know, I have people say like, "This guy looks like a weird Snapchat filter or something," <laughs> just like like personal insults. And I'm like, "Look, I've heard all that before. Like, oh, this guy's head is so big or whatever." I'm like, "I, I know it's like a little large, whatever." But if someone says, um, "Man, what's one that that would get me?" It would be like, "I miss when this channel was was uh, just about gardening or something like something mm. like that," where they're trying to say oh, he's just trying to sell products these days or something where I'm like, it's a business with 23 employees yeah. that I cherish and want to support. And part of that is selling the things that pay for their salary. Uh, and so and that activates something. It activates something. Cause I'm like, yeah, I am helping a lot of people grow. And that's the mission of the company is teach the world to grow. Part of that is money has to come in the door. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality of earth that we live on, you know? So yeah, I think, it's interesting that it would affect him to such a point where he would make the video though. Yeah. Is what I notice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of creators I know. I, I've seen one in our space who can't not reference that in his, in his content. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, just don't. 
Even if you feel it, just don't make the video about it. And I've, I've not always done this, but what I've noticed is that the people that, I mean, certainly I think you definitely have some of your biggest fans are in the comments and that's important, but the bulk of your audience that is important to driving your business in your life is not active Mm -hmm. and are not represented in the positive or the negative comments. They're they're ghosts in the machine. (laughs) They're just, yeah, yeah. And to engage in conversation with the 1% is to, in some cases, alienate. And I've seen content creators that I like. Okay, there's been a lot of talk about, it's like, I feel like I watch a lot of your channel and this is all news to me. Dude, that's the, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that creators make is, let's say I did put out a bad video and I, something was inappropriate, whatever it was, maybe throw an IG story, hey, didn't mean to say it that way, my bad or whatever. But for the most part, if it's some sort of innocuous thing, you're letting the intolerant minority, right? Mm-hmm. The 1% who says something, trigger something in you that then makes you make a piece of content that everyone else doesn't even think is a problem. Mm-hmm. So you let them control you. It's, it's, it's a version of audience capture, yeah. right? And there's other versions of audience capture, but that one I think is probably one of the more harmful ones. I have, you know, had a lot of thoughts about this because I have wanted to and am am fearful of not being honest enough, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when those things happen, a part of me wants to address it and bring it into the light and like be judged in, in that way and through that path be absolved. And what I've realized recently is that the need to stand trial, to have other people pass a judgment, mm. which is that that could be the only way that I could feel absolution as opposed to like sitting with myself and being like, let's find the truth of the um, capitalist motivation in selling products and the selfishness in there. Yeah. And to sit with myself comfortably enough to quote unquote, find the truth, quote unquote, pass judgment and not need to bring it to an audience is actually something that I have had to curb because, and I do this in my personal life as well, and probably too divulging of private information that would better be resolved inside of myself in an attempt to like, well, at least now you can judge me good or bad or otherwise. It's weird how many threads of similarity there are between you and I, I think, with the content, with the sharing, with trying to like solve a problem in public, Mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of that, I, I struggle with as well. I certainly when the platforms were smaller, I would do something like that. And I would think, Oh, if, if they only knew what I really meant mm-hmm. in this situation that one person called out, then I could feel better that I disappointed that person. Right. Yeah. Cause I think I really don't like, it hurts me when, when people don't like the content or don't like what I'm putting out for a reason that I don't think is true. And so then I think, Oh, well who else thinks that? And then I want to fix that. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're right. Like just sitting with it and really analyzing, is this, does this rise to the level of needing to publicly address it or not? Sure. And the answer is for the most part, no. Yeah. I think, yeah. I want to have some, and to discuss it more, cause I don't, I know you're not too sucked into this, but um, I think YouTube and social media and the people that succeed are predisposed or have a higher likelihood of being that validation seeking type. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that that's your case. I think hydroponics evolved very yeah. <laughs> natu- innocuous. pretty innocuously yeah. and kind of yeah. it's been a surprise, yeah. surprise boom. But uh, yeah, that it attracts that and then exacerbates this. Yeah, going to other people to receive the praise and then also receive the um, 
criticism. From. I was, yeah. I mean, I would say, I don't know that I'm that immune to that, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Cause I think it's hard to, it's hard to p- nail your audience down to one thing. It's sort of this amorphous blob of demographics across all the platforms. At least us, like our demos are different compared yeah. on who's watching or where you're watching. But I think I do tie a lot of, not a lot of worth, but a decent amount of like my feelings about how I'm doing in life to if Epic as an entity is doing well or yeah. if it's doing poorly. Because it's like, it's a digital organism in a sense. And now it's a real organism where there's people there, right? And those people, if if I somehow mess up, won't do as well as if if mm-hmm. I didn't do that. And so I think, I do think about that a lot. So if I see the 10 out of 10 or if I see something tank, I'm like, well, how does that second order effect cascade down to the entity, you know? And you start thinking that way. It's so tough because what, I don't know if you felt this, Certainly, there have been business breakthroughs that have been matter to the bottom line. But if I look at like, yo, when I step back, zoom out, what are the fundamental ingredients of the success, even financially, that I have had? So many of them are like creating from an authentic, heartfelt space, mm-hmm. like answering my own question, even if it didn't interest other people. And yeah. hydroponics like just found- engineering it yeah. yes the foundation of your success is i like this thing that may or may not be interesting to a lot of people yeah and it is be- as it as it coalesces into something real and now it's epic gardening it's like well now i have to please the people that i have yes and i'm not allowing it to grow into something beyond what it is so this i'm not is, calling you out i'm calling myself out what's well, a both here. i mean i think every creator is probably going to struggle with this right yeah. because and I've seen it, I got on TikTok in 2019. And so it's pretty early for, especially for a gardener to get on TikTok. But you saw it and you still see it. The algorithm's a little slower than it used to be. But when you saw someone pop off on TikTok, which is probably the best platform for new people to get an mm-hmm. audience, they would, see, and you'd just, you'd see, you'd see their content like this, 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 this. The thing that popped off, 17 things that are <laughs> trying to pop off. Yeah, And it's like, yes, that is a good strategy to some degree. You should exploit things that work and formats that work like the React series we do or the Mm -hmm. How to Grow X series. Sure, makes sense. But you have to, like the second it starts to feel dry or you're doing it because you know it will work, Mm -hmm. the heart leaves it. You have to find some way of making it fun. Otherwise, you're right. Like it, you just, it's, it's, again, it's audience capture, right? Like you're saying, oh, I know they want this video, so I'll make this video. And then a year down the road, you're like, why aren't my, you know, why does everything feel stale? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm learning to mature there. And, well, I, I have been thinking about Charisma on Command in the sense that I've moved to other projects, which is like, these projects, nobody watches. And yeah, they just yeah. lose money. And I can yeah. do whatever I want. It's and like, it feels better. And it, it feels better. Yeah. And I'm wondering, and I, I think there's a level of maturity of like, how to bring that freedom to an existing thing mm-hmm. and go, there can be a 10 out of 10. And it can disappoint. And it's okay. Yeah. And it is, it is yeah. this is what creation looks like (laughs) the misses must come yeah the misses must come i mean the quote i heard yesterday at this talk i was at was like creativity dies in like in process or something like that Mm -hmm. where it's like what i try to do and it's interesting having like a team and and investors and stuff and still sort of dicking around and on social media and being a little bit ridiculous but i'm like if i ever stop doing that it it will be too sort of buttoned up you know and i'll lose why people connect with epic in the first place it's just a fun Mm -hmm. it's a fun place to talk about gardening and learn how to grow plants you know i don't know it's an interesting dilemma yeah 
Well, Henry's got some rapid fire questions Ooh. for you. Oh, this, this is, is like this, this is, is the lightning round. Okay, okay, let's do it. This Henry. is the lightning round here. Let's see if you can pass my gardening trivia quiz. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, epic exposed. <laughs> epic exposed. So this this is for the thumbnail. Oh no. <laughs> epic gardening oh, exposed. No. Okay. Okay, hit Brace me. yourself. Hit me, hit me. So what is the hardest fruit or vegetable to grow? That I've grown? Yes. Probably a probably a dragon fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lightning. Do you need to know why? Well, we can. You can yeah, elaborate. Yeah. They're going like, to get like increasingly quick. The, okay, go. yeah. Okay. So the reason dragon fruit's hard is because it's a tropical cactus, which most cacti aren't, and most of them aren't self-fertile, so you have to take the pollen from one to the other, and then you have to wait 35 days, and it's a whole thing. I have a lightning round question. What is the fruit... Uh, fruit or vegetable that most people should grow because it tastes good and it's fairly easy. Strawberries do. Strawberries. Strawberries are I love an them. absolute winner. Okay. Yeah. Good question. Um, this Before we get to the rapid fires, this is not, the favorite thing in your garden? Probably my pond. Cool. It's beautiful, the koi yeah. pond. I'm also going to go to the Discord questions. <laughs> I joined the Discord Did you join team. my Discord? Yes, <laughs> and I got in no. there and asked some questions. So I'm going to ask them. At Daisy Blooms asks. I know her. Okay. Yeah. What's your biggest regret slash success um, in your garden this past year? This past year, biggest regret is that I didn't grow uh, that many new varieties of things. Biggest success is I grew my own wheat to make my own sourdough bread. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. Um, at Miner asks, where's the collab with Joshua Weissman? <laughs> I would love to do that. You know, I've, I've struggled to get cl- cross- like industry collabs, but Flaky Salt, I'm down. Awesome. Now we're going into the rapid fire. So okay, here we go. What's more important, soil or water? Soil. Is tomato a fruit or vegetable? Fruit. What color is kumquat? Orange. Which king created the hanging gardens of Babylon? I have no idea. <laughs> that would be Nabuchadnezzar the second. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. 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 Yeah. Oh. Nebuchadnezzar. I know it from the Matrix. I don't <laughs> yeah. know it from the King of Babylon. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> that's the rapid fire round. Three if we pass, let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So obviously you're on Epic Gardening. Is yes. there anything else that you wanted to mention, say, or direct people towards? No. If you if you want to if you want to garden, hop on over to Epic Gardening, and that's it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming out, man. I haven't seen you in a long time. Thanks, dude. It's been really Appreciate good to have you. Yeah. Yay. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.